I always knew I'd have kids. I just never intended to become a mother. I'm Dr. Lee Burge, and this is the Rockstar Parent Podcast. I'm a chiropractor, former college educator, life coach, and mom. Everyone has their own journey into motherhood. This podcast is devoted to telling my story and sharing what I found to be successful along the way. Episode 17, how to count to 10 and still not reach a decision about where to go for dinner. So here's the situation. You peel your youngest child off your leg while the babysitter is trying to pick them up, telling them how much fun they're going to have when they play games together all night. You quickly close the door to your house and hop in the car with your husband. It's a rare night out without the kids. You were so excited to be going out at all that you didn't even really think about planning where you were going while you were out. Your husband turns on the car, backs out of the driveway, and confidently heads off in a certain direction. You're in the middle of asking yourself, did he plan the evening and is going to surprise me when he actually asks, so where are we going? I don't know if you are like me, but nothing changes my mood as quickly as that moment of indecision. This moment right here. My husband and I joke about because it reminds us of the old Disney animated version of the Jungle Book. Have you seen it? You've got Mowgli befriended by Bagheera and Baloo, who help him escape from the tiger Shere Khan and find a human village for a new home. It was one of my grandpa's favorite movies to watch with us as kids, and with my kids also when they were younger. During the part where Baloo sings and dances with King Louie, My grandpa would always laugh and tell us, if we ever felt sad or down about something, we could play that song because it would be sure to bring a smile back to our faces. It's such a tender memory for me, so I happen to have a soft spot for that movie. But the part that we are reminded of when we're sitting in the car trying to decide where to go for dinner is the scene where the four vultures are sitting on a tree trying to decide what they want to do next. One vulture asks, what are we going to do? Another responds, I don't know. What do you want to do? A third one makes a suggestion to flap over to the east side of the jungle, but the idea is quickly discarded. The first one asks again, so what are we going to do? And the second one answers, I don't know. What do you want to do? The first one gets frustrated and starts telling the second one about how they're stuck in this cycle of what are we going to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? And not making a decision. They decide they want to do something. So the second one asks, okay, what do you want to do? Well, yep, that's us sitting in the car. My husband will ask, where are we going? And I'll answer, well, I don't know. Where do you want to go? He'll roll his eyes maybe and say, well, I don't know. I asked you first. And I'll reply, it doesn't matter to me. Is there some place that you really want to go? We are the vultures in the jungle book, not making a decision. Do you feel me here? Have you been there too? Well, I want to tell you there's hope. We learned a strategy that has helped us overcome these sometimes insurmountable tasks 
of deciding where to go for dinner on date night. And we call it one to 10. My husband and I actually learned this strategy when we were very first engaged. We were driving from Dallas, Texas, where we were going to school, to Tampa, Florida, where my new fiance would meet all of my extended family for the first time. A classmate of mine highly recommended this set of cassette tapes by an author who had written several books on improving your marital relationship. Funny recommendation because we weren't even married yet and we thought our relationship was pretty good already. But my friend, who to us had a pretty dang good marriage, told us he wished he and his wife had listened to these tapes before they got married because it would have saved them a lot of arguments. Well, that got our attention and we were intrigued. We also had 18 hours in the car ahead of us each way, and this was before computers and cell phones and streaming services and video players. It was also the age of paper maps, so I know I'm dating myself, but we figured we probably had time to listen to some cassette tapes. Now this particular strategy I wanna tell you about was buried in the middle of those marriage tapes. And from the minute we heard it, we knew it could help us. And we have put it into practice in our relationship over the years, especially when we're trying to figure out where to go for dinner. You use this one to 10 strategy when the two of you are trying to come to consensus. Now let's talk about what consensus is for a minute. There are times when you and your parenting partner are completely on the same page. The decision is clear and you both wholeheartedly agree on what action to take next. But there are other times when your respective wants, desires, or opinions differ from your partners. And when that happens, often the word that comes up in the conversation is compromise. So one person gets what they want and the other person has to not get what they want in a compromise. One person has to compromise because they love the other person and they're willing to sacrifice for them, right? I mean, it's very noble, but is there another option? Well, of course there is. I mean, you could compromise when both partners agree on some middle ground option where neither of them get exactly what they want. That is also compromise. But what I'm proposing is that there is a fourth option and that is called coming to a consensus. Consensus is a balance between what I want and what I can comfortably live with. It takes into account that one of the partners may feel very strongly about a particular outcome and the other partner feels less strongly about their different outcome. It is a measure of level of investment, not a measure of the outcome itself. So let me explain how it works. Each partner comes up with a number between one and 10 to describe their level of investment in a specific outcome. One is, I'm not very invested at all. Like I couldn't care less what is decided. I just want a decision to be made. 10 is, I'm completely invested in a particular outcome. Like I really, really, really want it to go a particular way. Now, after you each decide on your own investment level number, you share your number with each other 
and the higher number makes the decision. Now you gotta be real honest with yourself for this to work. You can't go pegging the 10 all the time and expect that your partner will always pick a lower number so you can be getting the outcome you want every time. You have to be honest. Now let's get back in the car to demonstrate how this works in the real life situation of deciding where to go for dinner. Remember, we're in the car and my husband is already driving when he asks, so where are we going? Now, without one to 10, the conversation goes like this. Me, I don't know, where do you wanna go eat? Him, no really, I don't care, what do you feel like eating? Me, it totally doesn't matter, pizza, burgers, just go somewhere. And this is the part where your husband does pull the car over three houses away from your own and asks, can we just make a decision? This would be the point where all your excitement at getting a night out with the love of your life morphs into crabbiness that he didn't plan anything again. And I'm stereotyping a little bit here. I know that there are husbands who also get really involved in the planning of nights out and vacations. So let's not get wrapped up in who plays what part. The point is there is frustration now on both sides and the few precious hours you wanted to enjoy with each other. Well, it just got cropped all over before it really even got started. So let's replay the conversation using one to 10 husband. So where are we going? And remember, he's already driving in a certain direction. Me, you're asking about a restaurant, right? Husband, yeah, where do you want to go for dinner? Me, well, do you feel like burgers tonight or pizza? Honestly, I'm about a five on either. Husband, hmm, well, I'm about a four on burgers, but an eight on pizza. And then I'll respond, well, let's get pizza then. Husband turns car around and heads to go get pizza. You know, breaking this down, my husband was more invested in getting pizza over getting burgers. And he was also more invested in a particular outcome than I was as well. We were able to reach consensus. I seriously didn't have a preference of one outcome over another. Although, did you notice? I did pick the two options to decide between. If my husband really wanted a third option on the table over the two I originally threw out there, he could say, you know, I'm about a four on pizza and burgers, but I'm a nine if we're talking about a steak dinner. Now, if you have a go-to pizza place or steak place you both love, the decision's made. If you don't, then you repeat one to 10 with specific restaurants, like I'm an eight over that hole in the wall place with the awesome flatbreads and a three when it comes to getting the thick crust stuff at the chain restaurant. Or I'm a nine for going to that steak place by the mall, but a two if we're talking about the one by the highway. You see, both parties get a voice. Both parties weigh in on level of investment in the outcome and both parties can come to consensus. It is a perfectly reasonable way to come to decisions because let's be honest, if you don't really care about where you're going to eat tonight, you aren't really compromising if you go where the other person wants to go. You just weren't that invested. It's also pretty reasonable for one partner to feel like the best part of the evening isn't going to be the menu at the restaurant. It's legitimately just being together and enjoying time with each other regardless of the venue. See, when you measure level of investment, there aren't winners and losers. You both win. 
you've come to consensus. Now, picking a restaurant is a really simple example, but this strategy works when trying to make decisions of all kinds, really important ones too. Using numbers can take the emotion out of the conversation as well. And if you're honest about your level of investment, the numbers won't lie. When we're talking about some of the differences that come up in a parenting partnership, I've talked in a previous episode of this podcast about how it's perfectly okay to each have your own ways to accomplish tasks. You might put the new diaper under the baby before you take the old diaper off and your partner lays the new diaper to the side of the baby, takes the old diaper off and then slides the new one under. You might use cookie cutters to give your kids sandwiches fun shapes and he might just cut the crusts off. Both ways get the job done, and there's no need to come to consensus about stuff like that. Let those things go. But when you do encounter potential differences that matter, you use the one to 10 strategy to come to a meeting of the minds. It's easy to see that you and your partner could solidly disagree on what is okay and what isn't okay in terms of discipline strategies especially if your parenting styles tend to be permissive on one hand and lean authoritarian on the other. Or you could completely disagree on what feeding the kids nutritiously looks like. One parent could be okay fixing different meals for parents and toddlers, while the other parent feels strongly that your home isn't a restaurant and everyone needs to eat the same thing at your meals together. This one to 10 strategy can help you get on the same page, come to consensus, and then move forward in agreement. The Jungle Book will continue to be a nostalgic movie choice for me, even though my kids are now grown. I plan to introduce my future grandkids to the movie when they're old enough and tell them about their great, great grandpa who used to sing along and laugh at the antics of Blue. And when trying to figure out where to go to dinner or on our next vacation or how much to spend on Christmas gifts this year, or how about if you're faced with handling a situation that happened at your kid's school and got your kids suspended? Well, for those situations, you have a strategy. And on a scale of one to 10, I think you'll be a 10 on how useful this strategy can be for you and your parenting partner. I'm just a girl who was ready to start her family, so I got pregnant and had a baby. But what I learned as I raised my own kids, that is the secret to becoming the parent I dreamed I could be, and is exactly what I'm sharing with you. Let's rock this parenting thing together.